back to Diamnastics, the gym for Dungeon Masters to work out their minds. My name is DM Celeste, and I'm joined today by a bunch of different people in the gym. But first off... Uh, it's me, DM Neil, a.k.a. Joke Maniac. We got tired of all this equipment. We moved it out. We put in some desks because the two people with us are going to introduce themselves, and maybe we'll figure out why I made that reference. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Detentions the Dragons. That's right. We took over the gymnasium and we kicked out the original uh, people who occupied it. It's now our gym and we're taking over this podcast feed. Yeah. What is what is this machine? This says weights on it. I don't understand this stuff. Oh, we got to get rid of those. All right. Out. No, no. We're out. We throw them. We're not taking over. We're just guests and humbled guests to be on this podcast. So I'm Matt Keel one of your co-hosts on Detentions and Dragons, a podcast geared toward helping educators bring Dungeons and Dragons into their classrooms. And I'm Josh Reistead, the other co-host of Detentions and Dragons. Yeah, and we are very, very happy to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Of course, you're you're a part of the network. We are family here. Uh, yes, if the insanity that is us talking before we started recording is any proof of that exact fact. But... We're going to tie back to episode number 162, Creation and Inspiration 8, These Walls Can Talk. Because surprise, you guys were the guests on that episode. We were the guests. And fun times. Total fun times. And to keep the Inspireception complete, as I affectionately refer to it as, that helped me and Rourke create Diamnastics number 134 and experience in every sense. And that was kind of an exercise in looking at architecture, which the original episode you guys talked about was about, and just taking some pictures and seeing where our minds took us. Um, but as always, we want to highlight some of the forums. And Matt and Josh, I think you have one that you would love to highlight yes, and terrify us all with. Yeah, definitely. So it turns out that a bunch of people came to the gym. They posted some very, very fun ideas. But the idea that I resonated the most with was by the user, just straight up name, Will. And his post was about a place called Port Cloud. Now, I don't know if Will knew that I would be on this episode. Maybe this was some sort of Uh, kismet or serendipity but one thing that i absolutely love is cane toads because cane toads are this weird real life invasive species that was introduced in australia to um, combat this this insect called the cane fly because it was like these cane flies and these cane grubs were just eating and devouring all of this sugar cane in Australia. So a scientist had the bright idea, let's bring in a predator to consume these cane flies. Turned out that didn't work. And it also turned out that there are no natural predators uh, in Australia to actually, you know, eat these cane toads. Now there are cane toads in like billions um, around Australia. Now he played off of this theme and took it one step further, and it was, what would happen if a place introduced venomous snakes to destroy the cane toads? Turns out, much like the cane toads themselves, the venomous snakes did not cure the cane toad problem. But now there are venomous snakes all over the place, and the place that they're located in is around Port Cloud. Oh my gosh. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Yes. Problems. I mean, some of my favorite aspects of this, number one, uh, 
it is essentially a prison island because the only people that would actually want to live there is someone like, how do we, what do we do with people here? Oh, let's just keep them in prison. So Park Cloud is just a prison. It is surrounded by snakes. And every detail in this description relates to them <laughs> preventing snakes from getting yeah, in. It's I mean, fantastic. So, well, and, and, and not only that, Matt, but I, I like the little detail that he added in here. Like every, like occasionally a snake does slip through the cracks, which reminds, like gets the prisoners thinking that maybe it was intentionally set in, you know, or let in so that, uh, you know, this is what awaits for you outside. Sure. You know? Sure. There's no escape. There's nothing but snakes. And Celeste, we were talking about this earlier, and you also really liked this one as well, too, didn't you? I was heartbroken that you picked the snake prison, because the word snake is used in this (laughs) description at least 30 times, and I was like, this sounds like a horrible place to be, and I can absolutely imagine it being in a game right off the top of the bat. Also, that detail about uh, how they use onions, they put onions everywhere, because they think they might deter the snakes, so this place just smells like onions and is filled with snakes. And that does sound like a horrible, horrible prison. So good job. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not like the onions smell good. So it's like, oh, the onions are maybe keeping away snakes, but it also (laughs) does smell like onions all the time. I love that. I love that subtle, like the subtle version of the next step. You know, the you know, cane toads didn't solve the problem. The venomous snakes didn't solve the problems. The onions, they probably aren't solving the problem either. Uh, I can't wait to see what, I guess, prison is made to keep the onions out. It's just like, it's a bigger prison. It is covered with, I don't know, some type of fine mesh to prevent the smell of onions. Oh, onions, it's greatest, it's it's man's greatest weakness in Predator. So you got to watch out. Well, and I could, I could kind of imagine like a prison warden just like, you know, have a huge chalkboard in his, in his, uh, in his office and he's got like equations and things of, okay. So the onions didn't help the snakes. So how do we get rid of the snakes and the onions in this? What else do we let's let's get like I don't know badgers. Have we tried badgers yet? Maybe wolverines. <laughs> something. Yeah, just release some mongoose. That seems like Mongooses. a really good idea. That'll that'll solve the problem. That just that just makes a even greater calamity. But yeah, getting back to the snake prison of Cloudport. Again, there's just so many fun details. There is even a section where they describe how there is sort of like a, a like a tale that you tell children like, oh, you better be good or we'll send you to Cloudport. And like that's enough to scare kids into, you know, like eating their vegetables and behaving because the idea that you could be locked in a prison surrounded by venomous snakes is enough to terrify any child. Except unlike like the boogeyman, this is something that actually exists within this fictional world. So, yeah, mm-hmm. my props go to Will for... In- basically inventing Cloudport. Too many snakes. Never. So what about you guys? Yeah, yeah. So the one that we picked to do uh, was by Oodles. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, This building, this picture looks very much like something you would see in Avatar The Last Bender, like what the the Fire Nation brings to the table here. So it's kind of this stacked pagoda-like structure that's really cool and like ringed by all of these little carts and fruit stands here. And it's really interesting because they decided that it should be the Imperial Guild Hall, where the outside kind of looks like a lot is going on. Like it's almost like this marketplace surrounding it. But then inside is the most prominent people in the town. That's where they conduct their business. So there's basically nothing but 
rich people and opulence and just business being done in there. But everyone outside is basically trying to catch their mm -hmm. eye. Because if you get the right person to see your goods, they'll buy your entire inventory and basically change your life because of how much revenue that they could basically run through you because of you know, how much money they have. I think my favorite detail that they added in here, like as a smell that's present in the building, that there's this mysterious elven fruit vendor yes. who just shows up at this building frequently and always has these unidentified fruits for sale. Uh, so <laughs> I really love that detail. So you can always tell when the elven vendor is coming based on the strange smells that exude from uh, from their cart. Yes, and they're the only person that is allowed to sell anything inside. Um, probably, yes, probably to keep keep the, the fat cats fat, if you will. So when people like approach the building, if they don't have any trade or anything going on, they feel really intimidated and scared sort of of the building. But as they make more deals and make more money, uh, their sense of belonging becomes stronger and stronger. So the building actually has like a psychic energy about it. So it's like, if you're meant to be here, you're meant to be here. And the higher up you get, the more friendly the building itself seems to you, which is a cool little psychic resonance effect to have for a location. One of the ship, one of the crew. <laughs> one of us. <laughs> Join us up here on this level. Oh, yes, this is very nice. <laughs> look Amazing. at our pagoda, it's so tall. Oh, and we ever look down upon thy poor people. I was just going to say, I want to play, again, it would be a really dumb version of D&D, &D, but like, I'd play the guy who's like, yeah, I got these this mystical fruit and it's just potatoes and they're like, no, no, you don't you don't deserve to be here. <laughs> the building does not resonate with you and it's just like have you ever heard of a cucumber? It's like, <laughs> yes, we've heard of a cucumber. We have an elven mystic who brings mysterious fruits every time he shows up and you just showed up with like a really large onion. Like, get out of our town. Your fruit salad is not welcome here. Get out. Ah, but mm. these are ah. the onions of Port Cloud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Famous for the snake driving off properties. Oh, could I just be the like the proletariat and I'd show up like, oh, yes, have you uh, perhaps have you indulged in one of these fine fruits and you just open up the box and it's full of snakes and it's like, <laughs> yes, the poor shall rise. Who deserves to be here now? We know you can't get rid of those snakes because you had to build a whole prison with walls like three meters thick just to keep the snakes out. Quick, somebody bring in some onions. Uh, Where's the dang onion vendor? So good. sent away. Okay, but we've done it. We've highlighted, which means the four of us are going to start lifting the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. And we're going to toss it to our guests, who I feel bad because you're not guests, you're co-hosts. You have to do just as much or more than we do right now. So we'll throw it to our new co-hosts and see which one they have chosen for us to lift the mental weights with. Well, Neil, uh, looking through the pictures, I happen, what happened to catch my eye here? I really love the look of, uh, we'll call it D. Uh, it's a particular castle that seems to be set inside the water. Um, to me... Right off the bat, this screams wizard, like a wizard's keep, or some sort of, like, baron. Uh, it's not too big of a castle. Kind of, you know, kind of uh, short and stocky, but just, like, you have it in the water. It's set in the water. It just screams espionage, sn like, sneaking out by boat, sneaking back in by boat. 
uh, it just it just you know feels I don't know that kind of feeling like you could have so many secret passages through here. So to kind of like go back to the prompt and the one that I don't know the question that stuck out to me after hearing your description is number the question number five. What smells are present in the building? Oh, dank. It's it is dank. A little bit of a mildew. It is just like you're you're in the water. So if you've ever like been to a boathouse or uh you know down into like a uh, cistern or something like that, uh, just that kind of water on stone smell like permeates everywhere. Okay, so. I'm going to have possibly, I mean, and it happens from time to time, one of the most California issues right now. Celeste, I'm not sure if you're going to like vibe with this or not, but this is, I feel it's the smell prior to them renovating Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. Yes, like that weird kind of chlorine, like you're like, what is going on here? But it was a very particular smell that once it was renovated was never there again. Yeah, it's just that odd like mixture of like people trying to scrub away that that water smell constantly, but that dank kind of, yeah atmospheric smell like the air itself becomes just thick with okay it. you guys need to elaborate on this like let's talk uh, like zach morris time out <laughs> so wait was this a smell that was kind of like prominent with the pirates of the caribbean ride in disneyland or only during the renovation period no no, no. no. <laughs> so so the so imagine if you will you have this this ride this place this confined space that has this excessive amount of water and no point is it ever really drained i don't think no. or cleaned. it just too goes low. through the system over and over and so over again. over what 30 40 years of it being in operation it had made a smell that was particular to okay. that ride. And then they renovated the ride by emptying the entire thing out, redoing a bunch of it, and then the smell was gone. And so were my childhood dreams. Okay. I thought there was like a two-week period where it's like, hey, do you remember that two weeks when no, the Pirates no, of the no, Caribbean no, smelled like specific. this? And I'm like, I'm like, wow, that sounds hyper, hyper specific. But, but okay. I will say also there is a restaurant situated in the same building where that ride is. So imagine that smell you. as you are eating at this restaurant. It's absolutely jarring. Oh, it's like it's like an aquarium yeah, smell. Yeah, it's like, a lot like an aquarium oh. smell. Or whenever okay. they have those like those fake cave structures like at aquariums, it's always that those yes. kind of areas that have it like with the leaking onto the stone. Oh, this Hey, is- this is a tangent. Have you guys been in that restaurant? The the Blue Bayou? Yeah. Yes, I have been to that restaurant. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10 pirates, how cool is it? Uh, mm, well, uh, the breadstick's pretty good. Uh, how does that influence my pirate? Maybe like a, I'll say a solid five. Because you're like- Solid five so, pirates? So would, that's, a solid, that's a 50%. That's a failure. That's a 50% pirates. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, it's the fanciest restaurant there, <laughs> which is like- yeah, By far. But the smell- So you would say the, it's it's all right. Oh, oh no. Oh. Get off. Ah, first part of the, the gym. Okay. We're taking yes. it back. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, on that note- Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more about this wizard now that we've created where they are. And apparently they smell, they're a pirate wizard first and foremost, I guess. So this wizard, I think to kind of piggyback off of, I don't know, California experiences, I really like this idea of a wizard 
who is motivated a lot like the uh, the Winchester Mansion, where it is a perpetually like building, like kind of like building this castle over and over. And again, the reason could be maybe like he made a demonic pact for power. And like once he stops making his like ultimate fortress, then the demon is going to move in. So he is constantly like just building new archways, building new rooms. Like if you look at the picture, like this looks like a place that you could get totally, totally lost in. So I think having a wizard that is uh, deranged and motivated by like completing yet never completing uh, his kind of his ultimate uh, kind of hideout or, you know, place of establishment, whatever you call a place where a wizard lives. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm feeling um, when I look at this picture. Well, I, I like that because, I mean, looking at the picture, that's one of the dumbest places for a clock on the outside of this thing that I could possibly think of. Like, what is it facing? It's not out towards the water. It doesn't really look like it's back towards the land. It, it's definitely not over the bridge. I mean, you'd have to, like, like hop in a skip and, and definitely get your, like, water over your boots to actually, like, read the time on the thing. So it it serves no purpose, really. I don't see any windows like that you could look at it back from like inside the castle either well and that's the point because like as this wizard you probably start off with like a plan like oh it would make sense for this thing to go here and this thing to go here and then at some point you're he's just like it doesn't matter put a clock there um put <laughs> another wizard tower on top of a wizard tower put a wizard tower in the basement like underneath all the earth like who cares like it's just a you know nonsense. what the basement gets a basement and the sub basement gets a basement and everybody gets a yeah. basement ah, why is there perfect. a pantry here who knows it's just filled with human skulls sure why not it's a wizard tower amazing Celeste, number six, what sounds might someone hear in the building? Yeah, I was just thinking about this. I think in this eccentric mansion that we have that's building like over the water, I definitely imagine that there are pools, like access points, so things can swim in and out of this building. Absolutely. So maybe the wizard has also, as part of his eccentricities, maybe he does have an aquarium situation like going on inside. He catches like native species or interacts with them or has like you know, Tritons on retainer or something who like live in the tanks downstairs and do like spy missions for him. So maybe there are weird like sea noises going on all the time. Like if he has like a, a beluga whale or something. So there's, you know, or like anything you might imagine hearing in an aquarium if there weren't those big she like sheets of gas or glass everywhere. So I think ocean birds definitely all over the place. I think he definitely has a seagull problem. Uh, being so oh, close to that, the water. Not, not snakes. Not snakes. It's a seagull it's, problem. If it's not no. snakes, it's seagulls. You know, it's one or the other. Uh, so I think there's definitely a seagull problem going on. Maybe some whale songs. Uh, <laughs> definitely. I think, I think it's a pretty ruckus place. The thing I thought of was also having it be, I mean, we were already kind of dipping into magic, but you know, you're walking through a hall and basically the only way to get from one side to the other is to go through the water. You know, it's being held in by magic so you can see fish swimming through Ooh, water tunnels. things like that. Yeah. My dream is to walk through a water tunnel and then there's a beluga whale there and he just gives <gasps> me like a high five. Like that would be the best experience of Heck my life. Yeah. Done. What might someone feel in the building? And so, I mean, I loved the idea of kind of the psychic building, like either it accepts you like the building does or it does not. I 
love the opposite of that, you know, because we're talking about spy missions. We're talking about a wizard who has these very eccentric that if it doesn't like you, there's always just like this kind of sick, disorienting feeling of just trying to make you go away. It could also be just the terrible smell. But I mean, who's to say? Or, or or the cawing of seagulls just gets louder <laughs> mm-hmm. and louder and louder. And oh my goodness, it's birds. It's the movie <laughs> yes. Birds. Well, and I think it's interesting that the building is physically disorienting, but also to ha- add in like this psychic level where it's also mentally distressing. Like you don't want to be there. It's confusing to be there. I think it just adds on these multiple layers of like how uninviting this this establishment is. It could, it could even like along the lines of a lot of the adventures that deal with madness and like out of the abyss. Maybe it's like a, a cold dampness that sets into your bones, and it just keeps growing and growing, and and it's just just really uncomfortable. And you're like, I I got to get out of here. This is just ugh. Ugh. You stay too long, and you obtain the curse. Moldy bones. <gasps> oh, moldy bones. You turn into the next beluga for the tank. <laughs> That's not a curse. That's a gift. That's a gift. Yeah, let's be real. That's a blessing. I'm about to be handing out high fives left and right. (laughs) This summer, it's on on my Twitter feed. It's just like, been sitting in this castle for a couple weeks. Still (laughs) Still not a beluga. (laughs) (laughs) May need to murder other beluga to take place. (laughs) To eat the heart of a beluga. Deal. Neil, I would never murder a beluga whale and eat its heart. I'm That's off this. Monsters. I'm off this show. This. I thought you guys were awesome. I do. You know what? Here. You know what? Here on Detentions and Dragons, we don't condone beluga murder, but apparently on gymnastics, yeah. Go, go, take a beluga, rip out its heart, and eat it in front of its mother. You guys make me ill. Oh. Well, before you go, though, I have the most important question. Yeah. Where can we go to find you guys and all the awesome stuff you are doing on the internet? Yeah, if you want to go to a place that doesn't talk about beluga murder, then go to the podcast Detentions and Dragons. You can find a link to our show on the... Or you could go to the show notes and I'll have a link there. As yeah, well. check out the Block Party Podcast Network or check out the show notes as Neil referenced. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher and all those other podcatchers. Sure. What about your personal Twitters? Unless you don't want people to go there. Oh, no, no, definitely. Uh, I'm Professor Olaf on Twitter. And I don't know my Twitter handle offhand. So if you want to interact with us, I would say interact with Josh at Professor Olaf. He does a much better job of it than I do. Awesome. And for us, if you want to email us and talk about all of the eccentric wizardry or your personal experience with the pirates of the caribbean ride you can email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or head over to twitter where you can go to at dmnastics and you can find our handles there and for other amazing shows like detentions and dragons head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com so today for taking your supplements i am not alone uh, I have a super special guest with me. I'm very excited, but as always, I will let them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm James Eck. I'm known by Rorik on the forums, and I have been hanging around on the periphery for a while now. I'm excited to, to finally be recording with Neil here. Yeah, I'm super excited. We can even call you DM Rorik if you're ready for the DM title. I mean, you're here. You got to lift. You got to lift some weights. If I'm taking a title, I got to be DM Eck. Oh, ooh, I like that. Okay, DMX, and 
then it made me think of DMX and I won't put a sound clip here because we're a family friendly podcast, but I am super excited to talk about the ultimate race creator, which is currently on Kickstarter. So you should totally go check that out. I mean, I almost don't know where to begin. So I'll throw it to you. Um, where, I mean, where do we even start with this awesome product? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked me to record on this one because I never would have noticed it. I would have missed it. Uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I don't play a lot of 5e, but I, I want to get it just for the inspiration for the magical races and, and weird things that I can have going on in my world, my high fantasy world that I'm running right now. All the, this thing has hit all its stretch goals, right? So if, it doesn't matter if you want your PCs to be beast men or snakes or robots or fairies or insects or undead. They've got plants and, and they're asking peanuts for it. I, I can't believe yeah. how low they're asking for this. You got to go back them. It's clearly a passion project. They are not charging enough for this to be their job in any way. Agre- yeah, agreed. The bang for bang for your buck out of this is insane. They've already reached all their stretch goals. Um, but I had noticed it, and um, I actually, you know, got in contact with them to get a little bit more information so that we could better present it. And they sent us a couple races that had been built to look at, and they are amazing. The lore that they put behind these races is absolutely stunning. Well, and basically it's broken down into a basic, a basic point by system so that any race that you want to make, you can build it based on, you know, sometimes robbing Peter to pay Paul by taking a negative, And then you can add more on this side of things. It's basically to create and have a balanced version of, anything you could dream up but you know like you had just mentioned one of the other key things that i think is really cool is that it doesn't while it is mechanically set for 5e you could build any race you want and then change the you know file the numbers off and get the numbers the way they need to be somewhere else you know that hopefully that balance would still work out if you transferred to pathfinder or um fate or something like that Absolutely. And the lore just looks incredible. These, these two examples they sent you, it looks like they're, they're building a race across all the different, different books, right? Cause they, they compartmentalize it so the DM can say, no, you have to, if you're going to be an insect, you have to be an insect. You can't be a, an insect tree or an insect robot. But it looks like in these ones, they pulled a little bit from, from a bunch of them. And it's absolutely incredible how well the lore knits together. Even when they're coming across different things, I, I can't believe how cool, like, like this kooks collective. My players yeah. are going to beat this Kooks Collective sometime in the next couple of weeks because I just can't hold back how cool this thing is. Just a bunch of teeny tiny goblins riding around tons of little machines to make one giant robot character is such a cool idea. Yeah, and I th- and I think that that highlights really well also the the out of the box thinking that some of the components are utilizing. You know, and you have this basically tiny tiny goblins in tiny mech suits all working together telepathically so then part of their part of the class or not the rat class part of the race is that it can use swarm tactics because technically they're all you know they're all can separate and do different things and so there's some really really cool out of the box thinking because the other thing could be like well then what if i'm just a bunch of telepathically connected snakes i could be so i just change this and change that and now that's the race i am yeah, and you totally could be, I'm sure, with the stuff they've got in here. It's super exciting stuff. I gotta, I have to pick it up. I really hope they deliver it the day, the day they're saying they're going to deliver because they've got a lot of work to do with all the stretch goals they've hit. But I can't wait for it, right? I need it in July. 
<laughs> yes. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, they can fulfill the Kickstarter in a timely fashion, um, which is what we all want. And of course, getting it dig- digitally will make it faster. Um, so I think that's all I had, unless you had anything else about it. No, I love this. This is so cool. Thanks for letting me know about it. Okay, perfect. And if you want to check it out, definitely check our show notes or look on Kickstarter and type in Ultimate Player Race Creator and definitely back them because it's funded. Stretch goals. Amazing. But with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges, exercises, and the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't ask, Do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. Oh yeah, E totally looks like a prison, now that I'm referencing back. I can just see the snakes just running running along <laughs> the bottom of that trench. Oh, th- oh, and then clearly that barrel is full of onions. Yes. But much, much onions. So, so many onions. You know, being that he he was like, uh, uh, what was it, uh, from Tanzania, he was referencing that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, copperheads, white lips, and there was there's another type of snake... I do think there's a slight migration, so maybe the trench would fill every like periodically oh. as the snakes move through. That's horrifying. <laughs> I'm like, you're I telling know, me right? that there's a migrating snake moat? There could Hurry be. Hurry to the snake gondola. Oh my god. Oh, no, the snake moat is overflowing. The downside, the gondola also made of snakes. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs>